I'm going to speak as loudly as I can because I don't know exactly what's going on with the microphone. But I want us to just get straight into it. And I, I'm talking about the principles of the kingdom and how they apply to our lives and what it means actually to be born again. Because I think, uh, and I must thank David for asking me this question earlier, because it emphasized for me why it is very, very important uh, for people to be, to be, to be, to understand what is it to be born again. Because I think for a lot of people to be born again is a huge mystery. I, I, I am very sure, right? Uh, I'm very sure that 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 it's 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 hard for a lot of people uh, to choose and to see just one second and to see, uh, Jesus. okay All right are we good All right now in terms of seeing what's happening I want us to go straight to the text in John three uh, the text. In John 3 uh, says this now there was a certain man among the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler a leader an authority among the Jews now why do I start by reading that is you need to understand that Jesus was not speaking to a lay person he was speaking to a leader he was speaking to a ruler and an authority all right but also he was speaking to a Pharisee. What does that mean? He's talking to someone who's learned in the law of the Jews. Okay? Now what that does is that it gives you the context within which Jesus was speaking to him. It is, um, it is important that we understand this. Now, because he was a Pharisee, then we know he understood the law and he must have understood what the law required. Now, like I said a few weeks back, we must ask the question of what, why, what does it mean for Paul to get saved, okay? It's an important question because for the Jew, you must remember for a Pharisee, they worshiped Jehovah as Jesus was asking them to do. They followed the law. So for them to go seek out Christ, there must be something extra they're looking for. There must be a, 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 a conjecture, a, a point of inflection between what they believed and lived and what Jesus was saying. Now, that is very important for you to keep in mind as we go through this text today. It is very important to keep in mind that this is a Pharisee. This is someone who keeps all the laws you think you should keep. He keeps all of them, okay? Now, when you understand that, then the question of, of why he's coming to Jesus becomes more important. Because if this is someone who practices the law and is good at the law, then why are they looking for Jesus? So underline that, right? Now, he came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know and are certain that you have come from God. Okay? So he, he is not arguing which God. They agree with Jesus that it is the same God. Now, this is very important. 
okay? That it's the same God that the Pharisee worshipped that they're coming to Jesus about. Now, why do I keep emphasizing this? We, we need to understand that as far as Jesus is concerned, that, that and, and as far as Christianity is concerned, the big question we need to ask ourselves is what was the inflection between the Old Testament and the New Testament? And why would a Pharisee who's practicing the law and has become an authority in it, why would he be looking for Jesus Christ? That is a very important thing to understand, even as we deal with this Allow me to do something. Just tell me if the sound disappears or anything strange. This is a ruler. It comes to Jesus at night saying, Rabbi, no, we know that uncertain that you come from God, a teacher. Okay? So what is Jesus teaching is important here. For no one can do these signs, this wonder, works, these miracles, and produce the proofs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, I assure you, and I solemnly tell you, uh, that unless a person is born again, born anew, from above, he cannot ever see, know, be acquainted, and experience the kingdom of God. Now, as usual, I like what the Amplified says, so let's take it from the top. Jesus answered, I assure you, this is a guarantee, I guarantee you, that unless you are born again, born anew, born from above, you cannot ever see know, be acquainted with, or experience the kingdom of God. So let's be very contextual here and understand what Jesus is saying. He is saying, without being born again, you can't see the kingdom. The process of being born again is what allows you to perceive, to be acquainted with, and to experience the kingdom. Okay? Being born again, so being in the kingdom is, is not the totality of being born again. Being born again is the start of entering the kingdom. Okay? So I'm born again is, is not, <laughs> it is not I believe in Jesus, therefore I'm born again. Okay, let me put it back to you in perspective. The Pharisee says, I know you are a teacher. I know you exist. Okay? Now, we know that God is with you. Okay? So they understand all that. But then Jesus tells him, a teacher of the law, someone who is perfect at the law, and he tells him, unless you are born again, you can never experience the kingdom. Pause. It means that in all of his obedience to the law, he has never experienced the kingdom. He has never entered it. Not once. Okay? And Jesus tells him, unless you're born anew and born from above, which is what born again means, you can never, ever, ever experience the kingdom. Now, you must understand that for the Pharisee, he must have been shocked because to him, he already belonged to the kingdom of Israel, which some of you are struggling to enter. Okay? But Jesus says, you can never experience the kingdom. 
So of course, Nicodemus is shocked and he says to Jesus, how can a man be born again when he is old? Now, if you were wise, you'd ask the same question about your own being born again. Okay? Because Jesus in this text <laughs> separates salvation from being born again. Okay? Because salvation is an ongoing process. Okay? <laughs> we'll, we'll speak about that one day. I, I want to talk about born again. Okay? So the born again person, all right? Nicodemus asks, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter his mother's womb again and be born? And Jesus answered, I assure you, and solemnly I tell you, unless a man is born of water and even the spirit. Now, notice he says water and the spirit. So to be born again is not to be baptized by physical water. Okay? You must be born of the water and the spirit. He cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. Now, please understand, this entering of the kingdom of God is not upon death. Okay, because the kingdom of God is here and it is now. It is not a future event. Let us be very clear. The kingdom is not coming. The kingdom came. <laughs> okay, and it is an unfolding reality which you must enter into. Okay. Then verse 6. What is born from the flesh is flesh. And what is born of the spirit is is spirit. Keyword, what is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Now, please understand, being fleshly is being legalist, because he's speaking to a Pharisee, and he's drawing a distinction. Please, and, and let me just backtrack here. We must understand that Jesus is talking to someone who is perfect at the law. Okay? We must understand that. The, the, if you don't understand that in the text, you get lost. Okay? So Jesus is not saying that being born of the spirit and water is the ability to keep to the law. Okay? He is saying and is assuring you that that is being fleshly. Being born of the spirit is a totally different thing. Okay? Being born of the spirit. Marvel not, he continues to say, I'm at verse 7, at my telling you, you must be born anew from above. Because, verse 8, the wind blows and breathes where it wills, and though you hear its sound, yet you neither know where it comes from nor where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Mm. So everyone who's born of the Spirit, so to be born again is to be born of the Spirit and how you know someone who's born of the Spirit is you feel the wind of His presence, you can hear the sound, but you don't know where it is coming from and where is it going. You cannot establish the source and the destination of someone who's led by the Spirit. I don't know whether I'm making sense, but I hope I will as we go along. Nicodemus answered by saying, how can all this be possible? 
And Jesus replied, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not know or understand these things? Are they strange to you? Now, verse 11, I assure you, I we speak only what we know. Right? We know absolutely what we are talking about. We have actually seen what we are testifying to, and we are eyewitnesses of it. And still you do not receive our testimony. You reject and refuse our evidence, that of myself and those of all, and those of all who are born by the Spirit. If I have told you of these things that happened right here on earth, verse 12, being born again, living by the Spirit, experiencing the kingdom, all of those things happened right here on earth. Very important, right here on earth. And none of you believes me. How can you believe, trust me, and adhere to me, and rely on me if I tell you of heavenly things? So everything Jesus has talked about is about the earth. All right? Yet no one has ever gone up to heaven. All right? But there is one who has come down from heaven, the Son of Man himself, who who dwells in heaven. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the desert on the pole, so must and so it is necessary that the Son of Man be lifted up on the cross. In order that everyone who believes in him, who cleaves to him, trusts him and relies on him, may not perish, but have eternal life and actually live forever. This is of course salvation. For God is greatly, uh, for God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world, the world, that he even gave up his only begotten son, so that whoever believes and trusts and cleans on him shall not perish, come to destruction, be lost, but have eternal everlasting life. For God did not send the son into the world in order to judge, to reject, or to condemn, or to pass sentence on the world, but the world might find salvation and be made safe and sound through him. He who believes in him, who clings to Trust in and rely on is not judged. Is not judged. This is Jesus. He who believes in God, he is not judged. He who trusts in him never comes up for judgment. For there is no condemnation, no rejection. He incurs no damnation. But he who does not believe is judged already. All right? He has already been convicted and has already received his sentence because he has been not believed in and trusted in the name of the only begotten son. Right? He is condemned for refusing to let his trust rest in Christ Jesus' name. The basis of the judgment, the indictment of the test by which men are judged, the ground of the sentence lies in this. The light has come into the world and the people have loved the darkness rather and more than the light for the works deeds were evil. For every wrongdoer hates not the light, and will not come into the light, but shrinks from it, lest his works, his deeds, his activities, his conduct be exposed and reproved. Right? But he who practices truth, now note, he who practices truth, not he who's got excellent good works, comes into the light, so that the works he may, that, that, that his works may be plainly shown to be what they are, wrought with God, divinely prompted, done with God's help in dependence upon him. Now, let me take that, okay, and try to explain it because I just want to have a conversation with you today, okay? First, we need to understand that there's a juxtaposition. There's a man who follows the law, 
okay? And Jesus is telling him, as you're following the law, you are in the darkness. Now, what, what is Jesus talking about? What is it to be born again then in this context? Let me try and explain it in the simplest way possible. To be born again is to view life from a different perspective from which you were born. That is what it is to be born again. That is why Jesus said, the kingdom is for little children. You must accept it as a little child. Now, let me tell you something about a little child, okay? A little child will move from believing in Santa Claus to realizing there is no Santa Claus, okay? A little child has a blank slate. A little child is able to perceive life from a whole new paradigm. You and I know when you believed in Jesus, you did not become younger, right? But Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is for such as this. It is for little children, okay? What does that mean? Nicodemus is an expert, a grown-up in what? The law. Now, let me explain to you what the problem is. 99% of you watching me still think the law is salvation. You still think salvation and the law go together. You've married them, okay? Forgetting that the person speaking to Jesus, all right, about salvation is an expert of the law. Jesus calls that fleshly. He calls that basic, okay? Then what does he say? He says this. But to be born again is to be born of water and the spirit. Now, water there, if you understand Bible uh, symbolism, is not water, magi. Okay? Water there represents the word of God. Okay? Because without the word of God, the spirit of God has nothing to work through you. There is nothing to remind you of. Which is why people who try and practice the spirit without the word will spray people with doom. Because they have no word. They have no depth. Okay? So you need the word. You need to be baptized in the word and baptized in the spirit so that the eyes of your understanding are open. And that's what it means to be born again. So let me take that again. To be born again is to be translated from the ideologies of the knowledge of good and evil, the ideologies of karma, the ideology of God is keeping score of what you did and didn't do, the ideology of punishment, the ideology of, of being given a, a blessing because you've done, the ideology that you've given tithe, now you'll be rich. All of that is fleshly thinking. All of that is fleshly thinking. That's what Jesus is calling it. Because this Pharisee to be a ruler, he was doing all of those things. He was giving tithe. He was giving offering. He was paying arms. He was obeying the law. But Jesus came to tell us that that is not enough. That is what the gospel is. That's the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom is basic. It is very basic, but the law cannot save you. And Jesus Christ came to save you from the law, from sin, so that now you can be saved. Okay, so when you understand that and you read this text in John 3 carefully, you realize that Jesus is talking about a totally new perspective and dimension to life. 
that new perspective and dimension to life is what I've been laboring for years for guys to understand, to stop measuring things by the weight of sin and not sin, law and not law. Because when you do that, you've gone back to the Old Testament, the old contract. So what is it to be born again? The renewal of your mind. I want you to understand something in, 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 in Romans 12. And this is very important. I want to go back there. I've taught it before. All right. But I want to teach you again. All right. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg you in view of God's mercies. All right. In view of God's mercies. Listen, why is Paul talking about in view of God's mercies? Because mercy has been given for those who God knew are predisposed to sin. So because you can see his mercy, okay, you ought to live your life different. So does it say that you need to make a decisive decision to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, acceptable and pleasing to God, for this is your reasonable act of worship, right? Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, all right? And adapted. Now, let me let me read it for you so you understand what it is to be born again. Verse, Romans 12, verse 2, I'm reading from the Amplified Version so that we understand each other. Uh, Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world. Now, let's understand what is this world, this age, fashioned and adapted to its external superficial customs. Okay? What is it to be? Of this world to be of this world is to be fashioned and adapted to its external and superficial customs <laughs> you don't believe me let me take you to another scripture so you understand what what Jesus was and Paul were talking about I want to take you to Colossians chapter 2 I want to read from verse 21 All right now verse 20 Verse 20, let me tell you what it is to be earthly and what you need to be born again from. Let me start Colossians 2, verse 20. If then you have died with Christ to the material ways of looking at things and have escaped the worlds. Now let me explain to you the worlds. Crude and elemental notions and teachings of externalism. Yeah, you should be sitting bolt upright in your chair. Why do you live as if you still belong to the world? Why do you still submit to rules and regulations? Colossians 2.20, I didn't write it, man. You, you, you just read it. Do not handle this. Do not test that. Do not even touch them. Eh? Do not, do not, do not. What does that sound like? The law. Right? Referring to things, all of which perish with being used. To do this is to allow you follow human precepts and doctrines. So what is it to be born again? To be born again is to move away from the external understanding of things where you think I am a good person, therefore I deserve good. Or so and so is a bad person and therefore they deserve bad. That's not how God is working anymore. Such practices, verse 23, have indeed the outward appearance that popularly passes for wisdom. So it is popular wisdom. So let's understand. 
in, in promoting self-imposed rigor of devotion, self-imposed rigor of devotion. Let me give you examples of self-imposed rigor of devotion. Fasting all the time, uh, that's one. Uh, giving all your money because you, you don't know how to plan, because you want to be a tither, you know. So you are trying to, 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 to put discipline in the body. Right, so rigor of devotion. You wake up early to pray for six hours because you think if you pray for six hours, God will hear you more. You delight in self humiliation. You don't buy yourself nice things. You 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 can't you can't wear nice clothes. You know, someone once came to my house and said, "Can a preacher have such a big TV?" Yes, he can because he didn't buy it from tight money. <laughs> Thank God. You know, not, there's nothing wrong with a preacher buying that from tight money. By the way. Just so we understand each other, right? But we did they delight in self humiliation, wearing sacks of uh, sacks to pray, you know, where putting ashes on your face, and of course, the severity of discipline of the body. You know, you are denying yourself food, you're denying yourself sleep, you know, you are denying yourself uh, uh, nice things. You say, Oh, I am, I am on a bland fast, so now you only eat bad food. You know, all of those things there here, such practices have an outward appearance of wisdom and you look very righteous, very righteous. But they are of no value, no value in checking the indulgence of the flesh, the lower nature. Instead, they do not honor God, but serve only the flesh. <laughs> so that is what it means to be born again, to move away from such thinking. Hello. To move away from such thinking, I don't know which language to speak to you. To move away from thinking that it is physical activity that gets you promoted in the kingdom. That it is how long you pray that makes you a kingdom person. That, that all that is worldly. That's what it is to be worldly. So to be worldly is not, has nothing to do with clubbing. It has nothing to do with he goes, listens to bangers, all those nonsense you guys perpetuate. No, 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 no. Being worldly is being stuck in religion, in law, and trying to say, oh, what does the law say here? What does the law say there? Have I kept the law? That is being a Pharisee. It is not being born again. It is not being born again. Now, let me take you back to the book of John. And, and this is John chapter 3. Okay? I want to take you back, and you know this scripture. I want to read. I want to take it from verse 16. And I want to talk about what Jesus says um, here. Right? I want to read verse 18. Okay? Uh, are we still there? Is my sound still on? Um, uh, Vinolio Wino is telling me it is off. I, I really have not changed anything. <laughs> I... I Man, I, I, perhaps I should just record these things and upload them, eh? because now I don't know what to do. So, uh, Oliver, if you're watching, we'll start recording and uploading, because you chose to You know, we cannot embarrass the kingdom with the sound. Yeah. So, verse, verse, verse 18, right? Xavier, sorry, my son is screaming. <laughs> Uh, because he's playing games. Anyway, verse 18. He who believes in him, who clings to and relies on him, is not judged. Is not judged. Thanks, guys, for the feedback on the sun. Is not judged. So if you believe in Jesus, 
first understand you're not judged. You're not judged at all. He who believes in Jesus is not judged. He who trusts in him never comes up for judgment. For him there is no rejection, there is no condemnation, and he incurs no damnation. So, Miss Juangi judgment day gani unango janga. Right? Okay? But he who does not believe is judged already. Right? He has already been convicted and has already received the sentence. So, this is not about actions. This is what the born again mind. I want to show you what the born again mind is. The born again mind moves from right and wrong to do you rely on Jesus? This is what it means that you are caught stealing like a, the thief on the cross and you're hanging on the cross. And then when they ask you, are you guilty? You turn to Jesus and you say, remember me in your kingdom. In other words, Jesus is your passport. He's your visa into salvation. What is salvation? Being, escaping damnation, escaping judgment. Hello? That's what salvation is, escaping judgment. So if you are born again and you're always judging yourself, you are not yet saved. You're not born again. You don't understand it. <laughs> exactly, Anthony There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's the same thing that is being written here. But it says, for him who does not believe, he's already judged, right? Because he has not believed in and trusted in the name of God's only begotten son. Understand that. That is the basis of the born again mindset. The born again mindset is guess what? I know I'm not worthy because no matter what you do, you'll never be worthy. Let's be clear. So because you know you'll never be worthy, you rely on Christ to be your defense on that day. That's why he is the intercessor. That's why he's the one who stood in the gap and reconciled men to God. So when you're looking at judgment day, you're not looking for a big screen to write all your sins, my friend. You've missed the point. What you're looking to on judgment day is Jesus will be there and he'll tell his father, no, no, this one is mine. He believes in me. That's it. That's a born again mindset. Jesus will not say, this is mine. You know, Annie, he's such a nice guy. No, there's none of us who's nice. There's none. Now, what does he say? Verse 19, the basis of the judgment, the indictment, the test by which men are judged and ground for the sentence lies in this. John 3, 19. The light has come into the world. Okay? The light has come into the world. Louis Kipkoech Patrick. I see you. Okay? God bless you. I see you. Yeah. Okay? It lies in this. The light has come into the world, and people have loved the darkness rather and more than the lights, for their works, their deeds were evil. Now, let's go verse 20 and 21. Right? For every wrongdoer hates, lots, detests the light. And will not come into the light, but shrinks from it, lest his works, his deeds, his activities, his conduct be exposed and re reproved. Verse 21. Notice, you would think that the ones who love the light, love the light because their, goods, their deeds are good. No, no, no. The difference is this. But he who practices truth, 
that he says truth comes into the light what is the who is the one that practices truth the one that practices truth is the one who says what is real in their lives so let me hold it into perspective so i can catch some of you pretenders please understand that the one who fears the light is the one who does not want people to see what they do wrong read it carefully says they fear the light lest their works be seen and reproved but he who practices truth what is it to practice truth let's be very clear he who practices truth is the one who's able to be honest about their wrongdoing and says you know what i stole yesterday you know what i i lied yesterday that person it says he who practices truth comes into the light so that his works may be plainly shown to be what they are <laughs> keyword be shown for they are what they are wrought with god now what does that mean what does that mean you see when you present this image of a perfect person who does not sin who you do no wrong you know even your wife your best friend does not know what you do wrong then what people perceive is a perfect human being but the kingdom is this the kingdom is coming into the light so that you can see yesterday i stole you can see it okay let's be very clear you can see it yesterday i stole okay and what i stole you can see because guess what it says confess your sins one to another one to another okay but what happens in the kingdom today if you dare confess your sins or you're out you're kicked out you're gone but that is not what jesus is saying it says the wrongdoers the ones who are being judged are the ones who don't believe in christ okay let's explain that okay why would jesus call them the call himself the light in other words when you come into the light it illuminates the darkness what does it mean we can clearly see if you have a boil you have a pimple you've got what that's what it means to come into the light so why must your mind change your mind must change because of this number one when your brother comes to you or when you are dealing with your own sin you do not come to christ guilty because you never go through condemnation it says so he who believes in christ never came up comes up for condemnation for judgment right that's what it is now when you put it in perspective and you understand this the clarity comes here the clarity comes that because you know there is no condemnation no judgment in christ jesus then you can come and show your hands and show christ where you're wounded where you are wrong okay so that god can take his light and change you so what is the difference if you meet anybody 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 who tells you they're righteous that one is a liar that one belongs to the darkness if someone brags about how righteous they are that one belongs to the darkness they've not seen they've not seen it 
They have not seen the light. They are not born again. What is it to be born again? To be born again is to shift your mind from a legalistic perspective to a mercy perspective, which is Paul says, in view of this mercy. In view of this mercy. So God has given us come into the light. So when you come into the light, you understand God has forgiven you. So you can come and expose your heart. You can come and expose your heart. When you come and expose your heart, what happens? What happens is this. Your exposed heart can be healed. Okay? That's being born again. You come and expose your heart. Okay. Uh, I'm back. Sorry, guys. Technical hitch. I'm telling you today, it's like the message is not supposed to, to come to you. So let me say, when you get born again, you are, don't no longer hide in the darkness. You're not ashamed. Why? Because you no longer believe in punishment. Keyword, punishment for your wrongdoing. Underline that. You no longer believe that. That that is the born-again mindset. The born-again mindset is you've gotten rid of the belief God is looking for a cane to chop at you. Okay? You've gotten rid of it. It's gone. Right? So now you can come into the light because there's no condemnation. So that's what Jesus is saying. Come into the light. Then he says, so that your works can be seen for what they are. Now, see... If you work out your salvation by your own strength, then people don't see God. But when people can see a wretched sinner being used by God, then that's accurate. When people see David with all his mistakes being used by God, they praise God because they sure know that that's not David. So that our works can be seen wrought by God. That's what it means. That we need to get into this space where people see a human being sustained, relying on Christ. That they woke up and they messed up. And I know you mess up all the time. But it's all hidden. You are so depressed about it. There's no one to talk to about it. Because everything in your life is hidden. You are living in darkness. Living in darkness. So that darkness you, you are living in. That darkness you are living in is what is affecting your life. But that's not, that's the world. The world is the one. Let me tell you what it means that that is the world. The world is the one when you're writing a CV, you don't write the mistakes you made in your past job, do you? No, you don't. The world is when you come out and you're doing Facebook Live, you wear your best clothes. That's the world. But what's the kingdom? The kingdom is come as you are. Because there's no condemnation. Please understand, no condemnation. So get rid of the do's and don'ts. Go to Christ. Then what happens? What is the second principle of the kingdom? I'm only going to talk about two principles. So the first principle that I've talked about is the mercy found in Christ. Where you never come up for condemnation, never come up for judgment, and there's no damnation for you. Okay? Let's be very clear. Okay? Let's be very clear. So, in view of God's mercy, come into the light. That's the first principle. Why am I saying come into the light? Because where there is no light, there can be no fellowship. 
Fellowship is the second principle of the kingdom. Okay? Now, I want you to understand. Eh? Uh, I want to read something for you. I think it's in John. John 1, First John chapter 1, verse 7. I want to read, in fact, let me read from verse 6. So if we say we are partakers together and enjoy fellowship with him, when we live and move and walk about in darkness, we are both speaking falsely and do not live and practice the truth. The truth. So again, practicing truth. For if we are really living and walking in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have true and broken fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ is and cleanses us from all sin and guilt. So please follow the chronology. What is the chronology, my dear brothers and sisters? <laughs> Understand this. It says, in fact, is Ken Mugane here? I hope Ken is here. This is your question I'm answering. Let's read First John 1, verse 6, 7, and 8. Okay? And 9. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, let me read to 10. So we understand the second principle, okay, of being in the kingdom. So if we say we are partakers together and enjoy fellowship with him, when we live and move and are walking about in darkness, we are both speaking falsely and do not live and practice the truth. So there's a difference. We're supposed to practice truth. Practicing truth is very simple. That you hear the word and you practice it, that's one. And the word says, be loving, be caring, those things. But it's also just being honest, being an honest dude. Okay? But if we are really living and walking in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have true and broken fellowship with one another. Listen, if you cannot see your brother for who they are, if they're lying, if they're always wearing the best clothes and they don't make sin, do sins and stuff like that, you can't have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus christ his son now it says if we walk in the light right and have unbroken fellowship then the blood of jesus christ god's son removes all sin from us and guilt keeps us from sin and all the forms in all its forms and manifestations okay so you must first number one walk in the light number two have unbroken fellowship with one another that's the second principle Right now, how do you come into an unbroken fellowship? Is when you can be honest, when you can be truthful about who you are. Because verse 8 it says, If we say we have no sin, refusing to admit we are sinners, we delude ourselves and lead ourselves astray. <laughs> and the truth is not in us. So what is it to practice the truth? The practice the truth is to say we are sinners. Oh God. <laughs> if you have the truth, you realize you are a sinner. You realize you are a sinner. And you say you are a sinner. Because how does fellowship work? Fellowship works by being able to admit one to another 
in a household of faith and say, you know what? This is me. Every day. It is supposed to be a place where there is no shame, there is no guilt for sin. Because Christ has already forgiven you. That's where you begin fellowship. So if fellowship you know. <laughs> where everyone is nice, no one seems lies, liars, no truth in you. You get. Yeah? <laughs> uh, we delude ourselves if we say we have no sin. So what is it to walk out of the light? To say you have no sin. You are in darkness. Right? It says we need to walk in the light together so that we can have fellowship. Right? If we really, verse 9, verse 9, verse 9, verse 9, 1 John 1, 9, if we freely admit, if we freely admit, if we freely admit that we have sinned, and confess our sins. <laughs> ah, man. Sasa Robert. If we, if we freely admit we have sinned. So me, by the, let me tell you. If to me you cannot confess your sins. If you can't be real with me. Okay? If we can't be real. Let me use some black American slang. If you can't be real with me, nigga. Then I am messing with you. Yeah, we ain't got fellowship. We ain't brothers. Brothers is real. <laughs> ah, that's why I respect hip-hop when they say that's a real nigga. Because you've got to be real. You've got to be real. I'm tired of fake church. I'm tired of nice church. I'm tired of I never seen church. Come on. Right? Get me right. I'm tired of it. That's not the Bible. It says if we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins. And continuously says, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Continuously. Why do you think it says continuously? Stop telling me this nonsense. Yeah? Stop telling me this nonsense of, oh my God, but it's repeated sin. Listen, it says, we'll forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness continuously. 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 So trust me, if we can't be real, me, I'm tired of these fellowships where you come and your testimony is, I've been God, I've been saved. Tangu nyokoke 1999, come on, get out of here. Get out of here. Oh, you know I have sinned, so I'm not coming to fellowship. Where the heck are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Come on. So, to answer, can ask this question. To answer the question, how do you have true fellowship with all your brothers? Be honest. Be honest. And I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of people finding out all the mistakes I make. And I make a bunch of them. Right? But if you want to stop being my friend because I made a mistake... Feel free, Pharisee. Feel free, Pharisee. Yes, I called you that. Yes, you, 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 and you. <laughs> if we freely admit that we have sinned. Let me tell you how I came to this, to this realization. I was one day reading the Old Testament and I wondered, how did people know the secret sins of David and Abraham and all these people? Because they understood this. They understood I rely on God. To defend me he's gonna forgive me so I'm real I'm authentic 
David comes out, you know, he has a private conversation with Prophet Nathan, has a private altercation with Bathsheba. But it's in the Bible because he said it. He's like, hey, listen, I made a mistake. I saw a girl shower. <laughs> right? You guys can't do that. That's why we can't have fellowship in church. Because you niggas is fake. You're not born again. You fake. Fake, 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 fake. <laughs> you understand? So let's understand. He continuously does what? Forgives our sins. Continuously. So if we freely admit that we have sinned, freely admit it. Stop lying. That's a second principle. Second principle. And that's how you get fellowship. You get fellowship when you can be real. You get, forget about these people who ran away from you at your, oh my goodness. He got, he got divorced, man. He got divorced. We can't hang out with him no more. Oh, you know what? She, 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 she left her home. She left her home. We can't hang out with her no more. Those is fake niggas. Those is Pharisees, man. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> now, verse 10, if we say and claim we have not sinned, we contradict his word and make him out to be false and a liar, and his word is not in us. It's not in us. I don't care what you think. If the Bible says the word is not in you, you've not been baptized by water yet. If you think you can be sinless or you are sinless. Second principle of the kingdom is fellowship. So when it says do not forsake the gathering together of brethren, it is not the gathering together of people who are church members. No, it is the gathering together of people who walk in the light. People can be real. And let me tell you, <laughs> uh, uh, let me say something contradictory, uh, controversial. This is why, this is why, this is why for many people, there's more fellowship in a bar, not a club because people don't talk in a club, in a bar than there is in church because they go to the bar and they're honest and they're truthful and they're vulnerable. But what does the Bible tell you? It tells you to be drunk in the spirit. What does it mean to be drunk in the spirit? That in the spirit of God, you're supposed to be vulnerable because you know Christ has already forgiven you. He loves you. And because he's forgiven you, you trust him for your salvation. What does that mean? That because I never come up for condemnation, I trust Christ. It's that simple. So let me tell you how I live my life. I don't wake up any day and go like, oh my goodness, let me count what I did wrong yesterday. And therefore, because I did it wrong, I deserve bad. I don't live like that ever, ever, ever. Let me tell you, oh, 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 oh. forget what you saw me do. <laughs> forget it, forget it. Because if the devil cannot condemn me, if the accuser of the brethren cannot accuse me, nigga, who's you? Who is you? <laughs> Let me tell you, I believe in this Jesus Christ for real. For real. For real. So what do I do? I continuously walk in the light. I know I'm the chief of all sinners. Oh, with a certificate for it. But guess what? It don't matter. It doesn't matter because when I go to Christ, guess what? 
He checks one thing. Do I rely on him for my righteousness? Do I depend on him for my justification? Do I trust him on judgment day to be my defense? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. So guess what? When I apply for a contract, a job, and I just done finished sinning, I ain't feeling condemned. I go to Christ and I tell him, guess what? I done messed up. <laughs> again, again. And guess what? Over and over and over again, he keeps blessing me, keeps lifting me. Oh, I want to use the words of a famous rapper. Kama una wivu meza wembe. Right? Why? Because people don't understand this. It's called unmerited favor. You get it because you believe. You don't get because you deserve it. <laughs> so congratulations to you, Nicodemus. If you deserve it, I don't. I don't deserve God's goodness. I don't deserve his kindness. I don't deserve it. But guess what? Jesus died for me. This nigga right here died for me. Right? And because he died for me and because I trust him, I never come for, up for condemnation. I am never up for judgment. Never gonna happen. Never gonna happen. So what, who are the people I'm in fellowship with? Those are the people who can see my mess and still love me. That's fellowship. That's fellowship. That's where it begins. Forget about fellowship at your, you know, you give to each other and stuff like that. Man, I tried that. That's not fellowship. Fellowship is when you can be naked and unashamed. And that's true fellowship. True fellowship is when your brother tells, man, I, I, I can't stop this weed, man. You're like, you know what? I got you. Let's walk together. You get. Let's walk together. That's fellowship. Fellowship is when a sister comes to you and she tells you, yo, there's this married man and, and we're messing. Right? And you're there to support them. That's fellowship. You walk with people. You're real. Let me tell you, I can't remember the last time, the last time I wanted to find out what sin someone had done. It doesn't matter to me. It does not matter one bit. It doesn't matter. It does not matter one bit. Because you and I come to the same cross. And at that cross, when we believe in Christ, it's all wiped clean. Right? And when it's wiped clean, then we can do something for God. So let me explain to you how it's supposed to work. And I'll conclude here. This is how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be that you realize you're a sinner. And because you're not worthy to be chosen, when you are chosen, people see you preaching like I am, teaching like I am. That's what I'm called to do. People are called to do different things. And I want you to understand I don't do this because I'm better than you. I don't do it because I'm righteous. Probably the sins you've done, I've done all of them yesterday, <laughs> you know? But I do it so that you understand that it is God by his mercy that has called me to do it and not my own capacity. That's what it means. When you say not I but Christ, that's what, is, that's what it means. That I do not deserve it, but because Christ has chosen me, I'm doing it. That's what you understand. 
That's what it's supposed to be. So what is it to be born again? To be born again is to shed the mentality of cause and effect. It's that simple. Move away from so and so did, so they are my friend. They didn't do, now they are not my friend. They hurt me. Eh, nonsense. Stop judging yourself and people based on how much of the law they kept. That's not the gospel. That's not the good news. The good news is simple. That now you rely fully on Christ, nothing else. On Christ the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Other ground is the law, it's sinking sand. Okay? I hope I've explained John chapter 3, Romans 12, 1 John 1, 7, Colossians 2, 20 to the end. Hope you understand this. I hope you do. Because that is what being born again is. That's when you're born again. That's when you can begin to see the kingdom. Let me let me let me explain that. <clears throat> when you have that mentality, when you have the mentality of, 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 of you are forgiven, that you're no longer being judged, then you can begin to understand the kingdom. Then when you read scripture, it begins to make sense. That's when you understand what Christ is trying to do. Without that, you cannot see it. If you're still in the law, if you're still thinking cause and effect, if you're still thinking that, you cannot see what Christ did. You can't see it. You're not born again. You are not born again. That's why you must go back to being a child. How does a child work? A child, when they soil their nappies, they feel no guilt. They wait for the parent to fix it. If you, if my son wrongs me, okay, does something wrong, and I tell him it is forgiven, he has no doubt. He does not live according to the law of his father. He lives knowing his father is merciful. That's how my children live. So you must be like those children, where you know your mass, your mess is taken care of. At the cross. Now, is believing in Christ a feeling inside or a decision? It's a decision. It's a choice. You understand? I choose to believe in Christ. It's not a feeling. Feelings change. Let me tell you, they change all the time. Believing is making a choice. You make up your mind. And you say, you know what? Christ died for me. And therefore, I'm not going to live this life based on the law. I will live this life based on his mercy. Sir? Well, guys, it's 22 minutes past 8. I usually try to keep this to an hour. If you have questions, please inbox. I know I owe a, a good friend of mine a phone call. I will call you. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for bearing with the various technical hitches. I, I do not know what happened today. I've had to hold this thing with my hand. Can you believe it or not? Because it will not go on the stand and, uh, and the sound will disappear if I do. Yeah, but I think the word is home. If you have questions, please send in your questions. But be real, be real, be real. Go back uh, to, please, if you're going to stick with anything, First John 1, 9, we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins. And by the way, this confession was not to Christ, 
It was to one another because it's talking about fellowship. It goes to James. James, it says, confess your sins one to another. I don't know why we ignore that scripture. Confess your sins one for, to another. Then it says, he's faithful and just and will forgive our sins, dismiss our lawlessness, and continuously cleanse from all unrighteousness. If you're going to carry anything, carry that. First John 1 John 1.9. And that's why it is to be born again. Change your mind from perfectionism, the law, and come into being born again. That's what it means to be born again. Over and out. God bless you. I've seen, uh, wait, I've seen a few people uh, coming to bring politics to this life. My friend, I have a lot of fora. You can engage me about politics. Okay? Trying to come and insult me here is not going to work. It's not. Because insults don't affect me. You know, if you call me a cow, I look at myself, I'm like, wait, did I grow for it? I didn't. So it doesn't hurt me. Let me tell you, let me just help you. For those who are watching, looking for ways to insult me, let's, let's just be very clear. Don't bother insulting me. It does not work. It does not, it does not affect me. If you call me a horse, my friend, do I have a man? I don't. So let me help you. Don't bother. Okay, let's discuss politics. Feel hurt. You have a right to feel hurt. I say very hard things in politics. That's your right. But don't try and come into this space. Okay, because I'll just block you. Okay? Politics is for the post I put after this. <laughs> so, but I love you guys, by the way. I, I know we are fierce competitors on the on the political field, but I love you. And actually, what I do and what I say is because I love you. I'm trying to save you from your own foolishness. And I don't say foolishness as an insult. Because sometimes I'm foolish. Just ask my friends. Yeah, the, the foolish things I do. Right? But let's be very clear. Alright? God bless you. Over and out. See you guys next week. But please, First John 1, 9, if you're going to hold on to anything. And that's how you maintain fellowship. Honesty. Honesty, honesty, honesty. Cheerio.